0: Hey, so the series is pre-Advent. Just so you know, Advent begins next week. Doesn't feel like it should yet, right? Normally we're not thinking about Advent until after Thanksgiving, and then we have a bit of a breather, but it's an unusual church calendar this year. And our hope, because of how things are kind of compressed, that our pre-Advent series might prepare your hearts better, more thoughtfully for Advent and for the Christmas season. You have so many things happening during the next few weeks, whether it's preparing for family, hanging with family this week, and then Christmas is on like a rush. And as those things happen, what we wanted to do was draw your attention to the things that matter most. Not that family doesn't matter most, of course, but you know, you're know, you gonna have family and then they're gonna go and you're gonna have your meal and it'll be over and somebody will clean up, probably you. And all of these things, of course, happening in the middle of this season, our hope is to tune our hearts to the things that God is up to and maybe sort of give our hope a bit of a checkup to make sure it's placed in the proper places. And if we can do that, then as we go through things like this week and next week and have the challenges of family and the details, coordination, and all the things that put a strain on us, if our hope is in the right place, then we can engage in those relationships with a bit more thought, with a bit more love, maybe even with a bit more patience because what we want and what we're hoping for. We're seeing it happen in ways that are maybe a bit behind the scenes, but they have not escaped our view because we know what matters most. So the passage that we've been focused on is this this passage. Jesus comes into his hometown, Nazareth, near the beginning of his ministry. In church, he's handed the scroll of Isaiah. That's where these words come from. So you can find him in Luke chapter four, but he's quoting from the prophet Isaiah, and these are exact words. The spirit, in fact, let's read it together as we've been in the habit of doing, will you join me? The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus will then roll that back up, hand it to the attendant, and then he'll say this, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And the question that we want to ask through this series is: Is this true? Is Is it possibly true that it is the year of the Lord's favor? It doesn't feel like it, does it? It can feel like God is quite distant. And that can happen whether you're reading about the headlines of what happened in Colorado Springs last night, or you're dealing with your own crisis in your own life. I mean, don't, don't pull your phone out, you can read the headlines later. But you'll see uh, the news of a tragedy, uh, uh, another shooting, and you'll, you'll think, uh, well, your, your heart will move to one of two places, Lord, again, again. Or your mind will just think, oh, again. And neither place, whether it's apathy or deep distraught, neither is good, neither is good. Trusting that God is at work. And so maybe even the circumstances of your own life make make you feel like, you know, I want to believe that this is true, but I'm not sure it's true. It doesn't feel like it's true. I want to believe that God is at work, but mostly it feels like, you know, he kind of got this thing running and then stepped away. I wanna believe that good things are possible, that people want what's good, but to proclaim that it is the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus said, this this statement is the one that we focused in on, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The, The challenge for me and you is to go every day believing that this is true. And not only believing that it's true, but knowing the ways in which it is true. So that you, wherever you are and whoever you are and however you spend your days, you can lend your effort, your heart, your mind, your prayers, your resources to making this become a reality. And if you do, then the world is a very different place for you. It doesn't mean it doesn't get hard. It doesn't mean that you don't lose hope. The world will do everything it can. The circumstances of this world will do everything they can do to wring you of any real hope. But if you believe that this is true, then it changes how you pray. It changes what you do. It changes who you spend time with. It changes where you spend your time. It changes your values. It changes your heart. And it in fact changes the world for people that are in your circle. It changes it in untold ways. And we have wanted to tell that story from a different angle every week. And so we talk about veterans who are being healed from PTSD through the Remount Foundation. We talked about a family connected to our refugee ministry that has now found their way From desperate, dire straits in Afghanistan to a life of community and incredible benefits here in the Denver area. Our church has a small, tiny, little bit to do with some of those things. And we want to highlight the relationship with Wellspring today because I believe that this scripture that is fulfilled in their hearing from Isaiah 61 I believe that it has incredible bearing on the activities of Wellspring Community. And so, this confluence and this relationship between Castle Oaks Covenant Church and Wellspring Community, there's a significant overlap between us. In fact, if you stop down at the collective, your odds, odds are you're gonna see somebody that's a part of Castle Oaks. If you're here on a given Monday, Tuesday, or any weekday, you'll probably see some volunteers that are here that are a part of the Castle Oaks family. If you stop in at a board meeting of the Wellspring community, you'll see some Castle Oaks people. It happens at every area of their organization, and the reason for that is because the fabric of Wellspring and Castle Oaks has been thoughtfully and tenderly woven together for the last 10 years before Wellspring was even its own 501 C3, it's a nonprofit. If you come to art class, you'll find some of our people doing art alongside some of the stars and the Wellspring participants. It's a beautiful thing. And so we want you to meet some people today that if you aren't part of our staff or maybe deeply connected to the volunteer team at Wellspring, you might know them, It might not know them, you might not know kind of what they do or how they're connected, But the first person we wanted to introduce you to is a gentleman who, just like you, works a normal job like you do, but has decided to give a significant portion of his time to Wellspring. So my friend Chuck Harper is here. Do me a favor and welcome Chuck Harper to the stage. So I had to twist Chuck's arm to do this today. Um, because Chuck would rather be where, you're, where you are in a seat than in, in this silly seat, um, I would consider Chuck a friend. And Chuck and I have climbed the incline of Time or tune together, mostly me trying to keep up with Chuck. And, um, and Chuck has uh, given a significant portion of his time to Wellspring in a variety of different ways. If you were down at the collective when it was in its formation stages, you found him with a hammer or a level trying to get some things ready for that to actually be a functioning business. He spent some time down there. He says not very much, but those that were there say he spent an order amount of time there. And then Chuck began to figure out that he would like to spend more time with the Wellspring people. So Chuck, how do you spend your Fridays? You'll have to take that right up to your... Yeah, I know, it's it's on already. I volunteer with uh,
1: the stars and um, shadow a man named Pete and basically help out wherever possible, taking care of half a dozen people, make sure we don't lose one. Um, helping maybe teach something that we're trying to teach in iPhone photography or helping somebody get up the incline.
0: Pete is one of the Wellspring staff. He runs classes. He, he does various programs for, for Wellspring. And so you, you when, when Pete has a class, you help him with it?
1: On Friday mornings, yes.
0: And so I, my guess is, is you work a full-time job. In fact, I know what Chuck does. He restores old cars, he, and it's pretty cool. The stuff he works on, uh, belong, they belong in museums, honestly. And your job normally was a five day a week job.
1: Yes it was and uh, I talked to my boss and told him what I wanted to do and I pushed all my hours to four days so that I could have Friday mornings to volunteer.
0: So so I gotta ask, you're a busy fella, you have lots of things that you could spend your time doing, a to-do list that never gets done. Why would you do that with your Fridays?
1: Last summer, um, we had church in the park, and um, we were talking about Wellspring and volunteering and helping out, and uh, it made a connection with me. I got signed up as a volunteer and did a little help with the collective, but realized my time and the collective's time wouldn't overlap, but uh, I still wanted to volunteer and Michelle said, well, you should go down and go to the pep rally. And uh, I did, and I've been going ever since.
0: And so what kind of classes have you helped Pete with? You mentioned iPhone photography.
1: Um, Community, which is going out into various businesses and introducing the stars to different companies, in mainly Castle Rock. Um, We do nature walks, which take them on a hike and depending on the class as to how far that is.
0: So I would imagine that some people hearing your story, you're volunteering, they don't know what they would be stepping into at Wellspring and maybe they're intimidated by adults with various needs and maybe not sure how to build relationships. Maybe it feels awkward. Maybe there's a bit of fear. Did you feel some of those things?
1: Very much so. The first time out here, there's about 100 kids in this room on the mornings, and all kinds of personalities and different traits, and it was a little intimidating. And then uh, make a friend here and a friend there, and pretty soon you learn
0: their stories and
1: what they have to offer, and if you listen to what they have to say, they have a lot to offer.
0: Yeah, so what have you learned from some of the stars, some of the participants of the program?
1: They just really want somebody that they can trust somebody they can share with somebody that actually cares they don't need very much, but they'll take everything you have to offer
0: yeah and so is your intent to stick with it for now yes every every Friday every Friday well when I asked Chuck to do this, uh, you know his first answer was no, and he has a good friend here with him today that said you know you should really consider that and as we talked person-to-person about it. Chuck's thought was, well, if if there's anybody here that would maybe consider giving some time to Wellspring, and if me sharing about it would help you over the hump and get you to a place that you want to serve. Anything you want to say to anybody that's in that spot?
1: It's a very fulfilling day. You will not be sorry that you participated.
0: Yeah. Hey, do me a favor and thank Chuck for being here, would you? you. And so it's important for me uh, to meet and know people like Chuck who have given their time to something like this because I get to be here through the week. And so I'm, I'm already at work, and Wellspring is kicking off their day of programming. It usually starts, stars and participants are rolling in a little bit before 9, and as he said, at 9 o'clock in here, it's a it's a full-on party every every day for a period of time. And that's usually when I come in, just to... Uh, you know, be a bit of a voyeur and say hi to the ones I know, maybe meet some that I haven't and get to experience a little bit of what life is like. That's not my job. I have a different job, but I get to be present for it. And it's not Chuck's job either. He's usually working with inanimate objects and wrenches and carburetors and things like that. But he has found his way into a setting into a place where this is a part of his world, and he's figuring out ways to make it fit, even if it means that he works longer every other weekday. And so if you've been pondering it, maybe you want to talk to Chuck before the day is out, or talk to some of the other people that you'll meet today to find a path forward. So not only is there a lot of overlap personnel-wise with Wellspring and Castle Oaks. There's also a significant overlap with a ministry that was started years ago called Digging Deeper. Digging Deeper is a group of people that have some confluence between Wellspring, participants and stars, and those that call Castle Oaks home. And some of those people that are a part of that overlap, of that Venn diagram, and many other participants of Wellspring stick around every Tuesday. Wellspring programming wraps up about 3 p.m. They stick around every Tuesday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. and participate in a program that we call Digging Deeper. Wellspring is a faith-based organization. They, They put faith in the center of all kinds of things. Digging Deeper takes that a step further and moves these participants into a place of learning about their faith in more significant ways. Now... For the last five and a half years, the person who has shepherded a team of volunteers and stewarded that time, organized it, planned it, is one of our very own. Her name is Deb Statter. Do me a favor and welcome Deb to the stage. I've been counseled against handing you a microphone, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. No one would ever say that about you. That was my own idea. And so Deb Satter is a part of our staff team. She's one of the first staff people I met when I was going through the interview process here at Castle Oaks. Um, she has become a dear, dear friend. Her son, uh, Matt, is one of my best friends in the Wellspring crew, and uh, her husband, Mike and her kids, are they're, they're all very, very dear to me. So for five and a half years now, you've worked with the Digging Deeper crew. Um, give the, the folks here uh, an idea of a few of the things, topics that you might touch on to help them go deeper in their discipleship with Jesus.
2: I learned, um, if you want to learn something, to teach it. Um, there were a lot of things that, I wanted to share with uh, the adults Um, but there were a lot of things that I wanted to learn as well. Um, I felt it was important for them to know what what was in the Bible, the structure of the Bible, what's in the middle, what's in the end, um, who's where. There's a lot of repetition um, and also just the love of Jesus, that we are created exactly as we're supposed to be. Uh, There are no mistakes, and God loves us as we are, and he never leaves us.
0: So I've been in a few of your lessons, and I've then been in the room after some of your lessons to see the notes on the whiteboard. I've seen uh, John 3.16 proudly displayed. I've seen the books of the Bible, I've seen the Gospels, I've seen some of those various things. As you have taught the participants of digging deeper, anywhere from five to 12 to 15, um, what light bulbs have you seen go on for them and their understanding of God?
2: The importance of prayer um, for them, um, that they have a voice uh, that they are heard, they, they love to um, share their concerns, their prayer requests, they love to be prayed over. Um, they just are learning about who God is and how much he loves them.
0: So Deb stepped in five and a half years ago when there was a need in the Digging Deeper world and has been leading it ever since. So that's a typical church tale, right? That we we step in and then we find out that this is something that God had intended for us, not just that we were filling a hole or deciding that we would help for a time. And so God has changed you in all of this.
2: Yes. I I um I want to be a voice of encouragement that Um, my happy place arrived after I was 60, um, that this has been a blessing beyond anything I could dream of. Um,
0: Yeah, so during the summer months Deb uh, and I had a chat and she said, I think my time with Digging Deeper is coming to a close. And, uh, and I just ignored it and hoped that she would forget that she, and then she brought it up again. And, and so, I mean, if you want to quit on me, you've got to quit four times. So, um, I'm kidding, but so then we began praying and no, I'm not. And we, and we began asking God, you know, to, to, to fulfill, uh, this. So as this year wraps up, Deb Statter will be, uh, just you know she's actually on staff at Wellspring now, another part of that overlap of Wellspring and, uh, and Castle Oaks. And she'll begin just doing that and being wife and, and mom and all the other many things that she does with many of her friends. And so um, you're not leaving the stage just yet, but these flowers up here are for you. Oh, thank you. as is the card lying beside them, because we love you, and we're so grateful for you. And we cannot imagine what would have happened to the Digging Deeper crew had you not stepped into their life and said, I'll invest my time and my energy. And so not only do they spend every Tuesday from three to five, once a month, they spend some time at dinner. And sometimes that dinner is at one of their favorite restaurants and they all go out together. So this is then from five to seven. So it's a, it's a long day for uh, Mrs. Statter. And sometimes they meet in our kitchen over here and they cook dinner together. It's a beautiful scenario. It's a, it is a picture of the body of Christ. And then on some occasions, they have gathered to work with the materials that help you enjoy the communion bread that you take. And all of these pieces, of course, strengthen the fabric between both Castle Oaks and Wellspring. So we're grateful for you. Would you thank Deb with a round of applause? Don't go anywhere. Thank you you stay right here. So Deb's going to stay put for a moment, and um, she's always a run off. I got to make her stay. Um, and as we've been praying for uh, the person that would take her place, God began to make it clear. And so I want you to welcome to the stage, if you would, um, Nicole Stewart. Nicole, would you come up? Woo. Nicole Stewart is uh, just a beautiful soul. She loves Jesus, and she's a part of the Wellspring family. She is the community engagement and resource coordinator for Wellspring Community. Uh, We have some connections with Nicole through dear old friends, but... She is also a niece to somebody you know and love well, Danny Ortley. Uh, so Danny is her, I don't know, do you call him Uncle Danny? I sure do. Okay, very good. And so <laughs> she's very connected to us in a lot of ways. She's been a part of Wellspring for a while now, and she's one of the people that we talk to about taking the baton, From Dev Statter and running with it. So I'd love for you to share just a little bit with the church and those listening online, your hopes and dreams for WellSpring and how it connects to your role here at WellSpring, and then digging deeper, your plans as well.
3: Absolutely. So I have been with WellSpring for many years now. Actually, I was a volunteer when WellSpring had first come to Castle Oaks. So I was volunteering in high school years ago and. Um, got to kind of see the beginnings. And, um, and I've just seen it transform and change over the years. So um, it's been it's been really cool to kind of be within the uh, role of being a volunteer and now as a staff. And I was able to be a teacher for a year, and now I am in community engagement and resource coordination. So basically, that means that I help find plan and facilitate partnerships with the community at large so i encourage kind of integration of wellspring with the community outside of these walls and um, bring them into the church as well and so i have been really considering even just my role with wellspring being community engagement and various aspects that i want to bring into digging deeper And um, my hope is to incorporate some of the community engagement opportunities and carry on what Deb has been doing. Um, So I want to continue to integrate them into this church community, finding ways of partnering with you guys and incorporating them in various groups um, and church activities at large. Um, I also just have such a desire for them to create, or for us to create a space where they can live life together. Um, I think it's important for all of us to be in smaller groups and to build relationships and to deepen that and to challenge each other and grow and encourage one another. And so I think I want it to just be a place of hanging out and um, getting to know one another and deepening relationship. And also, reading scripture, and what does that look like to incorporate spiritual disciplines into their lives? What does it look like for them to learn and grow in community, but also individually? How can they then um, know that God loves them? And how can that be kind of an outflow in their own life?
0: So we have at least uh, over the years, in recent years, about a dozen folks that have helped volunteering building this team that Deb has led and overseen. In fact, there's four or five of you here today that have been a part of Digging Deeper. And that help is needed, and it's still needed. Nicole needs your help as well. And so we would love for you to connect with Deb. She's not done until December. And um, and as she hands this baton to Nicole, to continue to build this team. So it's a great place on Tuesdays for you to find a way to connect with Wellspring participants and stars in a way that would really be meaningful to you. And so before they leave the stage, let's pray for them. Lord, we're grateful for Deb and we pray that you would guide her and lead her. We're thankful for her faithfulness um, to you and to uh, these participants, the Digging Deeper crew that is uh, so near and dear to our heart. Uh, this ministry of ours that has been in place for years, we pray that you would bless her as she hands this baton off to Nicole Stewart. And we pray that you bless Nicole Stewart as she leads in this way, as she builds on what has already been laid down as a foundation of thoughtfulness and discipleship, relationships and community. So we, as a church body, uh, extend our love and gratitude for each of them, and we pray that you bless them as they move forward. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, thank both of them if you would. Thank you. Thank you. So it would be a mistake, of course, if we didn't give you a chance to hear from another person who's a part of our congregation who has been the executive director of Wellspring for some time. And so, Nicole DeVries, if you would make your way up here to the stage, that would be great. Welcome, Nicole. (laughs) And so, uh, I want Nicole to give you an update. So, it's been an exciting six months for Wellspring, and uh, there's some anticipated Uh, excitement to come with the acquisition of the hotel behind us. What was the La Quinta? currently isn't named as of yet.
4: We refer to it as Dave and Elaine's house. I'll tell you about that in a minute.
0: Well, jump right in. Give us the update on that and and, then include that little tidbit of gossip for us.
4: Well, we, uh, the Douglas County Board of, the Board of County Commissioners uh, for Douglas County actually acquired the La Quinta right next door uh, to us. Uh, They closed on it October 11th. Uh, They purchased it for Wellspring and they are going to convey that over to us um, here in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's sitting empty right now, so we moved Dave and Elaine Hendrickson into that space so that it wouldn't be empty, so now that's what we refer to it as, as Dave and Elaine's house. Um, starting in uh, the first quarter of next year, we will convert that hotel into a 42-unit apartment facility. Um, that will serve primarily adults um, with um, intellectual and developmental disabilities as well as um, some non-disabled people. Um, but it will provide a residential and housing solution that uh, the families of Wellspring have been praying for for many, many years. So we're excited about it.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, you can talk to that. And so if you were to make a guess uh, projecting when some of those processes will complete. What, what do you expect?
4: We would love to move some people in by fall of next year.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's very fast. And so Wellspring's been going through all kinds of changes, lots of growth, as you also consider this partnership with Castle Oaks. And as you do that, um, the thoughts, I'm sure, with, of your board, your leadership team, the questions that we're asking, are they the same questions that you're asking?
4: Well, we've already decided we're better together. So there's no question in our mind about that. Uh, But yeah, those are the questions. What does it look like? How does it function? And I can tell you that um, we're we're excited and we have that anticipation too that God's doing something pretty big and significant and we're all along for the ride. So we're excited about it.
0: You're part of our church family. Um, As we've been going through this series, focusing on these scriptures, uh, Luke 4 and Isaiah 61. As you think about the lens of what Jesus quoted from the prophet Isaiah, um, and you consider the Wellsprings' activity and ministry, uh, what are your thoughts about how they fit together?
4: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago you asked, um, as you read through the scripture, how do you you see that in your life happening? And I thought, every day. I see that happening every day. Because Wellspring exists to... um, Create a community that honors and celebrates adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, and we believe lives are transformed when that happens. Um, and what we say is uh, that we unlock potential, but really, what that what we're doing is exactly what Jesus said: we uh, remove systems of oppression. We um, we do things that create space where uh, adults with um, IDD are given the chance to be successful. And they are given back their voice, they're given back their power. Um, and it, where society typically says, hey, people with disabilities can't do that, we say they can. And we make ways for them to do that. Um, Pete, who uh, Chuck spoke about, he started a photography class, which had never been done before. And there's a man in our program named Ryan Ryan is what they would call somebody who's nonverbal, which is weird to me because Ryan um, verbalizes all the time. But he doesn't speak words, he is communicating constantly. Um, And what Pete did was he took a camera and he put it in Ryan's hands. And Ryan began to communicate with Pete through the pictures that he was taking every day. And so, Ryan had a voice. Pete just gave him a tool to use that voice in a way that we could understand. Wellspring created the Castle Rock Collective. We decided, hey, uh, adults with IDD need a place where they can work and be successful. And so we created a coffee shop. And if you've been to our coffee shop, you know we order coffee a little bit differently there. We use a sticker system. And that system actually makes it more accessible and um, it's adaptive so that... uh, are um, participants who a lot of them can read, um, but some of them can't. That sticker is a visual cue that allows anybody to be able to process and make coffee easier and faster. Even I can make coffee when I use the sticker. Um, And one of the things we've realized is that when we make things more accessible for um, our stars, we make it more accessible for everybody. Uh, But the first week into the collective, we brought the stars in for some training. And I um, was working with a star named Jeremy. And Jeremy reminded me, as if I had forgotten, that he is visually impaired. So Jeremy is completely blind. And he said, "Um, I I wanna work here. And we had determined when we opened the coffee shop that anybody that wanted a job was gonna get one. So I stood there for a minute and thought, okay, well, how do we teach um, somebody who's blind to make coffee? And I just asked Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, What do you need? How can we make this work? And he said, well, I can read braille. So if you can put a braille label on everything in the coffee shop, I can figure it out. And he said, I wanna do everything. And I thought, okay, we have a sticker that is visually prompted. I'm not sure that that's gonna work. But what we did was we did label everything in the coffee shop. If you ever are back there, you can see it. All the syrups have a label on them. The espresso machine does, The, the grinder does. And what we did was we paired Jeremy up with a volunteer who could be his eyes for him. And so Dan and Karen sitting down here and Tom Edwards, they've all sat in that coffee shop with Jeremy and they are the people that help him to see those days. And what we quickly learn when you work with Jeremy is that um, we're often the time the people that are blind. We're often the people that do not see, um, but, jeremy um helps us to see just as we help him to see and i have to tell you this when I, I thought there's no way we can get jeremy to use the espresso machine it'll just be too difficult and several months after we opened i walked in and there was scott Baer with jeremy patiently showing him how to work the espresso machine and he made my americano all on his own it was actually pretty incredible um, so when I think about uh, the passages that we've been talking about, I think that's exactly what happens every day. Uh, we, we, um, we help to set people free. We help to uh, remove um, systems of oppression. And we help the blind to see. And oftentimes that's us. That's the people that are not disabled. We're, we're the ones that probably have more disabilities because we're not seeing the world the way they do. Uh, so,
0: hey, long you, answer, sorry. No, no, that's... I just am a little caught up short with words. Um, I'm grateful for you. We pray for you. Uh, we're grateful for your leadership and we can't wait to see what God does in the future. Would you thank Nicole? Would you? I'm going to invite our worship team up and as they come up, I want you to see um, the power of this passage in light of everything that you've just heard. If if what happens at Wellspring. It doesn't include what we would just collectively call the year of the Lord's favor. And, and to be clear, this isn't just a year. It isn't a 365 days. The, the word there really means that there is a beginning that we would say that's the year. And that was the year Jesus began his ministry. But that year extends beyond that year. It's an epic. It's an age. It's a, it's a thing that doesn't end. And that's the season that we're in right now. And I know that there are times when you find it hard to believe, but you've heard some stories today that might make you just absolutely be sure that God is setting the oppressed free, that he's giving recovery of sight to the blind. And you don't have to do any of the things that we've talked about to participate in this. You don't have to work with veterans that have PTSD or help a refugee family or even volunteer at Wellspring to be a part of this passage coming to life. You're going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to be around somebody that has never been seen nor been heard, whose name isn't known and if you stop for a moment and listen to their story and help them understand a piece of their identity and at least see them as a person then you will have been a solution. You will have been Evidence that this is actually true. And that's what God has called you to do. He's not called you to dig ditches or make money or build things. You might do any of those things and you might do them incredibly well, better than anybody we know. But unless you and I, no matter what your profession is or your retirement status or your stay-at-home mom stuff is, unless you are about the business of being sure that God's kingdom is coming, maybe even in ways described in Luke chapter four, then you will lose hope. You will lose hope. And so Lord, we pray right now as we enter into this Thanksgiving week that your presence would be obvious to us, that you would allow gratitude to flow from us in, uh, in mighty ways, that love would be the first thing from our lips, deep in our heart, on our minds. This week, while we interact with family, some that we may find challenging or uh, trying of our patience as we go to work and try to fit five days of work into two, Lord, as we just deal with the pressures of everyday life, I pray that you would keep our hope laser focused on the truth, that it is in fact the year of the Lord's favor right now, and that that favor is obvious, and we want to step into it this week. And we pray that we would take every opportunity we can to do so. We ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. We say together, amen.